podcast. We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. It's a real privilege for me. I think this is the first opportunity I've actually formally spoken at Open Heaven, so I'm grateful and thankful to the leadership for giving me this opportunity. I feel humbled. Justice. Well, it's, it's a key issue, isn't it, of today? Actually, we've mentioned the war in Ukraine, and we shall refer to that again at the end. We've got the issue of lockdown parties in Downing Street. There's an issue of justice there, isn't there? And energy companies who are making a small fortune out of speculators who are buying gas and the likes of us and families much poorer than many of us are having to turn down the heating because they can't afford the fuel bills. Those are just three issues. A key verse for me this morning, which I want to focus on and which the children are also using upstairs, is this. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. So what does the Lord require of you? To do what is right or to act justly? to love mercy, and thirdly, to walk humbly with your God. That's a verse that God spoke to me through many years ago, and it's been one of the key verses I've tried to seek to live out, uh, to try and behave and act in a just manner, to love mercy, and to try and just walk humbly with God, not thinking more of myself than I should do, but to recognize that all that I am is is here to serve God's purposes. And it's not just open heaven, clearly, who are looking at this whole issue of justice. I've been quite struck by the different organizations that are involved in this theme of justice. Live Lent, Embracing Justice. This is the little booklet that many of our Christian friends in the Church of England have been using through Lent. This is the theme that they follow. It's a very good little booklet, if ever you want to do a study on the issue of justice. Tear Fund is an organization that Sherlyn and I support. They've been running a justice conference on the road. They've been going around cities, running course with people who are interested in exploring what biblical justice really means. And one book which I've recently read by Tim Keller, a name who gets mentioned quite often at Open Heaven, called Generous Justice. He's a pastor in New York, and he and his church have done a tremendous amount in recognizing how they can bring justice to that city. So what is economic justice? Well, funnily enough, I did actually study economics as part of my degree. Um, And a simple definition is that economics is concerned with how a society allocates scarce resources amongst competing demands. At an individual level, I believe it's all about how we allocate our resources and ultimately answer the question, how generous are we uh, as people? Okay, at the start of this series, Joe McSharry introduced us to the biblical definitions associated with justice and mercy. So the Hebrew word for justice is, do any of you remember what Joe said? Yeah, mishpat, mishpat. And the term for mercy as God's unconditional grace and compassion is chesede. I think we've got this on a slide. No, okay. Um, In Micah, the verse that we've got on screen, um, I quote, Mishpat puts the emphasis on action and Chesedei puts the attitude and motivation behind the action. 
So justice in Scripture is not just to do just actions, but it's to have the right motive behind those actions. Uh, what does the law require of us? To do just that. So the basic meaning is that we should treat people equitably, whether that is to do with law and punishment for wrongdoing, or whether it's to do with the rights that people have as individuals. And many times in the Old Testament, Mishpat describes and takes up the cause of a group of people who I believe are at the heart of who God loves and who not just want to put theory, uh, just theory, but have it put into practice. And so these are the four. This is on a slide, yes. <laughs> these are the four that crop up in Scripture so often. Widows, orphans, immigrants, and the poor. What Tim Keller calls the quartet of the vulnerable. Thank you, John. <laughs> and here's just two verses of many that I could use to illustrate the point. Zechariah chapter 7 and verse 10. This is what the Lord God Almighty says. Administer true justice. Show mercy and compassion to one another. Do not oppress the widow or the fatherless, the immigrant or the poor. Let's read the message version of that together, shall we? It's the same verse, written in slightly more English. Okay. Treat one another justly. Love your neighbor. The Orphans, visitors, and the poor. And you may say, well, I don't. I don't take advantage of them. But if we don't look after them and care for them in some way as Christians, then I do think we're taking advantage of them. And another verse from Jeremiah, another prophet, chapter 22 and verse 3. This is what the Lord says, be fair-minded and just, do what is right. And that little phrase, do what is right, is at the heart of an understanding of economic justice and justice generally. Help those who've been robbed. Rescue them from their oppressors. Do not mistreat foreigners, orphans, and widows. They are, again, the quartet. Stop murdering the innocent. That's a bit dramatic, isn't it? Are we actually causing the death of people? Well, if you look at it fundamentally, we're not... Whee. Sorry, the stand is... Thanks. Um, <laughs> stop murdering the innocent. We're not really doing that, are we? But you could argue, and I don't want to get too heavy about this, that by lacking a proper structure for allocating the resources that we have as a community and across the country and across the world, people are dying as a result of that. Through the Old Testament prophets, then, I believe God is saying, that if you don't have a relationship with the poor and the oppressed, you don't have a relationship with me. God loves them. And I believe he's calling us to love them in practical ways as well. Uh, and if you're interested in studying this further, I would encourage you to have a, a look at the life of Job. Uh, chapters 29 to 31. 
he really understood what God meant to do justice. And he quotes all the ways in which he tried to live his life supporting this quartet of the vulnerable. Um, and he offers it as a kind of defense back to God. Look, I've done all this. Why don't you bless me? Uh, and eventually, if you read the last chapter of Job, God blesses Job abundantly, even after all the struggles that he's gone through. And I do profoundly believe that God will continue to bless us, as John prayed earlier, if we bless those who are less fortunate than ourselves. So let's bring this into the realms of the New Testament. Jesus said to the religious leaders of his day that they were ignoring the most important things of the law, justice and mercy. So Matthew 23, verse 23, you are careful to tithe, he says to them, your income and all of that, but you ignore the important things of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. And faith in that context means a commitment to meeting the needs of people. So Jesus echoes the Old Testament truth in those words. Tim Keller says this, God loves and defends those with the least economic and social power, and so should we. This is what it means to do justice. And I suppose that's my kind of catchphrase today. How are we going to do justice in our, our day and generation? Right, the next slide, I hope, will say Selah. You know in the Psalms, there's that little word Selah. What does it mean? Think, pause, reflect. So just for a few minutes, how do you react or respond to what we've just shared? Which person or people come to your mind? How might the Holy Spirit be prompting you to take some action? So I'm just going to pause for a few minutes, just give a, a pause moment for us to think and reflect on what I've just shared. Thank you. Uh, I'm not going to press this, but I just wonder whether anybody's bold enough or confident enough to say anything now. Anything that the Holy Spirit has just simply dropped into your heart about a person who perhaps fits in that poor, fatherless, widowless, uh, fatherless, poor uh, categories that you feel you need to do something about? The opportunity to speak if you have. Stephen, bless you. 
Hi. Um, I'm a teacher and I'm working at a sixth form college and we get a wide variety of students and uh, I guess some of those students are going to do well because they've got lots of support from home and will have you quite a wealthy background but a lot of kids come from very impoverished backgrounds and uh, they'll be the first to go to university from their family and what have you so I feel that sometimes we can be building up the poor in our society through giving them a future and uh, I, I think God's been speaking to me a bit about that, sort of focusing on some of those kids at college and really supporting them. A bit of extra help maybe just to push those grades a bit higher to get them into university or to boost their self-esteem and stuff like that. So maybe that's something as an example. Yeah, excellent example. Thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. reminds me of the early years of my teaching in Bradford um, when I was involved at the college there and one of our main roles was, <clears throat> was to run an access unit that basically provided opportunities for just those young families and often um, young people and young adults who completely missed out and, and were going to be impoverished because they hadn't been able to secure the qualifications they needed and we provided some opportunity for them to do that and it was great over the years to be able to see people flourish as a result of somebody, people like yourself, Stephen, actually taking an interest in them. They didn't just one in a crowd, but there was someone who somebody got alongside and encouraged and said, you can do it. And I think there are probably some of us amongst here who, who can identify that in your own personal life or in your own family. He's addressing the needs as they are and not saying it's somebody else's job. I can do something about that. Thank you very much. Great. So... It goes without saying, doesn't it? Injustice is not just a problem to be solved, but it's people to be supported. Let's just for a few moments dwell on one of those, and that's the poor. Now, being poor is a relative term, isn't it? I could be said to be poor financially if you compare me to a Premier League footballer. Um, but in economic terms, a business manager is usually much better paid because of the responsibilities of the job. But what if your staff are threatened with becoming poorer by losing their job? Well, one Open Heaven member, who is a senior manager, was recently offered a large pay rise and bonus for success with the company he worked for. Uh, but the CEO said that they might have to make staff redundant because of the possible loss of a contract in the near future. So what would you do as that senior manager? Accept the rise and the bonus because your work deserves it, which it did, well, this senior manager, one of our community here, turned it down. He said the company must keep the staff on, not lose them, as they would be needed in the future, and they shouldn't lose their jobs now because they would become poorer as a result of it. It was unfair for him to benefit and for them to lose out. That's doing justice in my view. <laughs> uh, and I believe God will continue to honor him in the role that he's playing in that company. How have you responded to the injustice of the war in Ukraine? The economics of the sanctions are, are complicated, and I'm not going to get into that this morning. But, as I'm sure many, many of us have, we can all do something to support this, uh, the, the, the stand that the Ukrainians are taking against this aggression. One open heaven family, at least, are in the advanced stages of providing a home for a Ukrainian refugee family, which is brilliant. That is doing mishpat, doing justice and fulfilling God's command. I believe we do have a responsibility to live as citizens of the kingdom of God and be informed and active in helping to bring about economic justice. 
And in order to do that, as I say, we do need to be informed. We, we need to get our heads around some of the issues that we're addressing this morning. And clearly one way is for us to, as we've alluded to, to give generously, as you are able, to organisations like Christian Aid, Tear Fund, uh, and pray. Never underestimate the power of prayer. So here's an example. Um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Lynn and I do support Tear Fund. This is Tear Fund's entry for today in their prayer diary. The focus this week is on Mali in Africa. So today... Kadiatu lives with her seven children in a village in central Mali where scorching temperatures and water shortages often leave the region on the brink of famine. It was a daily struggle to find work. Then Kadiatu's husband sadly died, making life much harder. Lift up people like Kadiatu who fear not being able to feed their children because she's now a widow. And so, Heavenly Father, we lift her up to you this morning as just one example of a family in need of your love and your care and your support in that country. We pray your blessing upon her, and we pray your blessing on the many, many, many widows, those who've been widowed through the Ukrainian war, both in Ukraine and in Russia, and for those who are feeling helpless and hopeless through the circumstances they are in. Father, we dare to believe that you're a God who hears our prayer. And we offer these prayers up to you this morning and ask that your grace may meet their need and your love will be revealed to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I find it really helpful to have this prayer diary. It keeps me in touch with the kind of things that many organizations are seeking to do to address injustice around the world. A major facet of biblical justice is radical generosity. Whilst sort of secular humanism and focuses on individuals says your money belongs to you, uh, socialism at its extreme says that your money actually belongs to the state, the Bible says that all our money belongs to God. And Jesus instructs us to be wise stewards of our wealth. Luke 18 verse 9, Jesus said, I tell you, use your worldly resources to benefit others. And Jesus is backing up what he says is the second great commandment, isn't it? To love your neighbor. So I've asked recently some people, uh, some of you here, what do you see uh, as the biggest injustice in our society? Uh, and the response from many of those people has been the whole issue of homelessness, housing, and issues associated with people not having a roof over their heads where they can feel secure. So, could we, you, me, do anything to support that particular issue? Well, I do have the privilege of serving as a trustee on the Bridge East Midlands, which is a local housing charity, and I have done that for a number of years. If you want to know more about the issues associated with that, do have a look at the, the website, or this is our annual report that was recently published. I've got a couple of copies with me. If you're interested in having a look through there are some very, very encouraging and stirring case studies in here of people whose lives have been transformed out of poverty uh, and into a better place economically. Um, so you're welcome to have a look at that this morning. 
Just like Jesus showed up in the days between Easter and Ascension, my prayer is that we will all show up to do justice as a generous people to try and change our world. Generosity with our finance and our giving where we can. Our time. Lynn and I recently helped pack up a van to take stuff out to Ukraine because the Polish club took an initiative to do that. Uh, and I do want to use this platform to commend the Polish community here in Loughborough who've done a brilliant job in supporting people in their own country where many Ukrainian refugees have landed and from there are sending in a lot of support, just like Paul Weston will be doing, into Ukraine uh, at the moment. And some of those Ukrainian, uh, some of those Polish families have been part of Messy Church here, so we've had connection with them in all sorts of different ways. Our prayers through informing ourselves of organizations that do bring justice, I've mentioned, and using social media where we can um, to try and recognize injustice and try to do something about it. So like some of you, I'm sure, I did email our MP this week saying, please don't approve this proposal for handling and managing refugees. Sending them to Rwanda, I believe, is fundamentally uneconomic and not just. So I'm putting my head above the parapet on that one, but I, I believe strongly about it. And if we do believe strongly about things, uh, I would encourage us to do what we can to take action. I'm not sure Joan Hunt will agree with that, but at least we've put a marker in the sand and said something. And so I leave you with this um, challenge. What one thing could you do to express practical economic support to any individual or organisation supporting this quartet of the vulnerable. Widows, and I've put some other examples of what that really means. Orphans, children in care, supporting families, some of them are here, who, who, who do foster. Immigrants, that's strangers or refugees coming into our midst. We're looking forward, Lynn and I, to uh, having uh, neighbours who... Uh, will be supported by BACA in the coming days. And the poor, the unemployed, the homeless, which I've alluded to and mentioned this morning. So again, just another CELAR moment. What one thing could you do to put some practical action to address economic justice for those or other people that come to your mind? I'd like to round off uh, my part of this morning by uh, playing you a video. Uh, it's not new, because some of you, I'm sure, saw it last year. But it's a, a, a song performed by four gifted Christian musicians. Um, 
produced by London Institute for Contemporary Christianity last year called We Seek Your Kingdom. Um, I believe this song expresses a number of aspects of justice that we've explored this morning. Uh, transform, revive, and heal society, not just in this country, but abroad and around the world. And I'd invite you to, to listen to the lyrics. Uh, I haven't put the lyrics on the film, and I'd invite you to listen carefully. Uh, if you want a copy of the lyrics, there are some on the table at the back for you to take away with you. But as you're watching the film, see if you can spot the billboards around the landscape which actually focus on the key messages in this song. 